0: Uh, new live uh, streaming setup, uh, we've got some double workouts, Sanya, 80,000 tourists, <laughs> uh, stuck in the on the island, traveling and tourism, is it the same, and yes, Ukraine has hit Crimea, uh, it is Wednesday, August 10th, 2022, I'm Steven Sersky, hope you guys are doing well, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm trying out this, uh, there's actually a new little setup I have here. Um, for my live stream, I have an old, I still have my old cell phone and I was, th- I was going to, I'm holding on to it because it's one of these things where you never know, right? You, I have all the old apps on it just in case something were to happen. Uh, well today I figured out, I, I dawned on me for some reason. I don't know why I didn't, uh, realize this before, but, uh, I can use this second cell phone or my, like my old cell phone as a webcam. And you might ask, well, oh, that sounds easy. I mean, yeah, of course. Why not? It's not that easy. These things don't just connect as webcams. You need special software for it. And since I run a MacBook uh, on the Apple software, or uh, like an Apple Mac, it doesn't recognize Android uh, or at least the Software that's made for a lot of Android phones to work on uh, PCs and stuff like that—they they're not cross-platform, so you're kind of SOL when it comes to uh, using it on the Mac. But there is one program that does work, and it's called uh, Camo Studio. Uh, It's Cam Studio, and it's the Camo Webcam app. It's free. Uh, I think there's a watermark somewhere, I'm not sure, Uh, but uh, for what it's worth, free, I've been able to hook up my old phone to my computer, and I have my external microphone also hooked up to my computer, and this is now my new streaming setup, so I don't have to move, Uh, you know how last week I was complaining about having to shift out, shift around everything uh, in my setup just to shoot the live stream, not to mention the the assisted connection uh, devices issues from last week. Uh, So now I can just plug in one box, cable box that I have here and put it right into my uh, computer and just get going a whole lot quicker than I was able to before. Maybe not entirely quicker, but it's a lot, it it looks a lot better and I think it's going to sound a lot better as well. Uh, And I think I've uh, sort of made the decision that what I'm going to do with this, these uh, audio blogs in the live stream format, I'm going to shift these over to their new channel, to a new channel, uh, and then separate those from the podcast channel as well, Uh, and then that way it's going to uh, sort of be... Wow, well, well, maybe I, put them again. I still haven't decided. Yeah, I should really make a firm decision uh, on which one to do. But that way, I mean, for now, I am posting these on my regular YouTube channel. You can see them. You go have a good laugh at uh, what I'm doing and have, look at some of the old videos. The first couple of videos that I made, they're all dark and grainy and everything. That's because those were shot on my MacBook, which is a 720p camera. Whereas this one, the cell phone, uh, goes up with the cell phone and this... Uh, uh re-incubate camo studio software uh it uh it shoots 1080 i could use the cell phone audio it sounded okay before but i've decided to hook up my um, uh, zoom h41 also to put into the uh, uh, computer and i think that will be my setup for now and that way this also enables me to do a few other things that i want to get done uh, it is only shooting uh, 1080 and i say only because I also have a a new iPad that I thought I could shoot 4K with, but I can't. So for live streaming, it might have to be 1080p right now, uh, which is probably a better thing for my internet connection anyway. So that's that. But yeah, uh, YouTube channel, and I will also put this uh, on my website as well. You can actually see uh, for the show notes of these audio blogs that I'm creating, uh, I have create, I have uh, put the live stream link on my website. So if you you don't if you're not around because I do sh- shoot this at, uh, I haven't a, I don't have a solidified time for the live broadcasts. Um, I'd love to, but I'm horrible at commitment that way. Uh, so that way I'll just put the links up there if you want to have a look after, uh, that's great. That way also people uh, if they find it that way, uh, they can, uh, uh, check out what, you know, I'm talking about, watch me on YouTube instead if they want, or download the podcast as well, because the podcast available for mp3 on my website. You can also watch the video, uh, or you can go through anchor.fm backslash Steven Sersky. That's where I host these audio blogs. Um, right. So happy hump day to you folks. And double workouts in felt pretty good. I actually managed to, uh, get um this morning again first snooze second snooze I was out of bed by six ten or so uh so that was good. I was like again if I can get going get going early I can be back early. Now the one thing that I changed today was that I actually I didn't get back any earlier, only that I added one more round. So typically on Wednesdays, I run for two miles. I do, and then I do this what I call skipping balls workout. And it's one minute skipping and then one minute medicine ball workout. And that includes like wall balls, like throwing the ball up in the air, uh, side wall balls, um, I guess you'd call them like fake slams. I don't slam the ball because I don't want to wreck my medicine ball outside and slam it on all the bird shit that's all over the place. Uh, so I hold on to it and it actually strains the muscles even more. Uh, so I do a couple of those and I do that for 12 rounds. Well, today I went through a second round of that, uh, Going, but I changed up the medicine ball workout. So it wasn't as uh cardio intensive. And yeah, that was, that was good. I mean, it was because When I finished the first round, it was like 10 after seven or a quarter after seven. I'm like, that's it. I'm done already. I, I don't really feel like I've worked out very much. So like, okay, well, go do another round and then cool down sort of thing. So that's what I did. I was able to do two rounds of this skipping balls workout uh, and then uh, get back and do a little bit of stretching before uh, work commenced. Uh, so that was good. Uh, this afternoon, again, with the two miles and then the uh, slow twenty that I try to do, um, I find it a little bit easier, sort of like it's, I think this is even going to be even better for the winter months when, I am, when it's going to be colder. And I will probably have to go for a run to warm up, even though I'll be outside and it's be cold. But then to come back in and do just 20 minutes slow of uh, different um, kettlebell workouts. And today I actually have these two sliders. I bought a couple of sliders for the floor. I know I was ragged on them a couple of weeks ago, uh, but they turned out to be very good uh, because the packaging uh, comes with a bunch of exercises that you can do. So I was trying them out and. Yeah, those, wow. It's all body weight. And you're just sliding around on these uh, little discs. And yeah, it, uh, it was enough. Uh, I mean, I did, so I did 30 minutes of that body weight and some kettlebell workouts as well. So that was a, a good double workout uh, today as well. Uh, vocab review, uh, crunching through these HSK5 lists. Um, the one that gets me, actually, <laughs> it just kind of bothers me sometimes with the, uh, um, the, the countries. So trying to learn all the countries' uh, names and things like that. Now I am being introduced to a lot, a lot of new characters this way, uh, through uh, looking at the country names. And I remember mentioning this to one of my students before, who was trying to teach me many years ago. Uh, I was like, "Well, could you just teach me like what the the subway stations means?" And she's like, "No, they don't mean anything." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> and so we went back to writing. Characters uh, like the way that she had learned how to write characters and, uh, to, and how she learned hanzi and, and Chinese throughout her school life. Uh, so I've been looking at these country names and uh, yeah, it's, it is helpful in terms of learning new characters. Is this something that I would recommend for uh, newbies to the Chinese language? I don't know because they are, um, they're not very common characters. So, some of them are, but a lot of them are sort of used in very, uh, well, a few more s- special circumstances. So, they're not regularly used. So, it wouldn't be as uh, as useful for someone who's just starting uh, the Chinese language. you got to start sort of at the basics. I would say basics would be HSK-2 or 3. You can start at HSK-3 if you've never had any. Um, uh, HSK-2 would be a good start. HSK-1, I don't know. HSK-1 is kind of... Yeah, I don't know. I guess you do have to start at HSK one because if you've never done Mandarin Chinese before, it's a um, it's a whole new experience. Uh, but uh, HSK three, if you've been in the country for or if you know anything about China, you've looked at the language before, even a little bit of a uh, experience with it, then uh, you'll certainly uh, HSK three would be a good starting point as well. It, it'll be tough, but you could get through it. Uh, San, yeah, I said 18,000. No, I was wrong. 80,000 tourists are not stranded. They're stuck because, uh, like I said yesterday, with the, the flights turning back mid-flight, uh, they have shut down the island, basically, and no one's allowed to come in. or grow. If you go in, you can't leave sort of thing, uh, which is pretty common for this dynamic. Well, this is pretty common for the, uh, the COVID measures uh, throughout the country, and that... I'm not sure how expensive flights are. I'm not even sure if you can depart the, country, uh, the, uh, uh, the island uh, just yet. So it's one of these things where, uh, good question. Uh, if you're stuck there, how long do you have to um, stay there? Not a bad place to be stuck. It's nice. It, it's probably very hot right now. Uh, and it's always hot for like the next long time. Um, so it, maybe it's, it, it, it might suck. But I don't know. I mean, being stuck in a hot climate might be uh, nicer than being stuck in a colder climate, right? I'm guessing. Um also saw that this tour group that I was uh, going to go with uh, on the cycling trip at some point, I don't know. They have uh, also <laughs> issued a, um, a notice about going to Tibet. If you're in Tibet, if you're planning to go to Tibet, uh, if you are on route to Tibet. Uh, Tibet, things like that, so um, they are sort of saying we have to wait and see, if, if you're not in the, the province just yet, uh, or the part of the country just yet, uh, then let's wait and see, if you are planning to go to that part of the country uh, soon, like any time in the next couple of days, because they have tours uh, going all the time, uh, you might have to check the entry requirements, because uh, it might be that once you get in, you can't leave, sort of thing, uh, and you'd have to gauge whether or not you want to take that risk, uh, so how is it going to play out? I mean, the uh, the big claim to fame for Tibet these days is that it went 920 or 960 days without a COVID case. I mean, it's kind of easy when the whole country is shut down and no one's traveling anywhere. Um, and then all of a sudden, 22 new cases showed up. Right? Oh, and this variant—that's what it is. It's a sub A uh, B A dot five dot one dot three sub variant. It's the most. Highly contagious sub-variant yet, but mild symptoms. <laughs> it's like the same story over and over again. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just copy-pasting the news release. It could be because it doesn't make sense that every new sub-variant is highly contagious, but it's mild, and so they're shutting down everything. Uh, this is... Uh, it It baffles me. Baffles me. Um was thinking now that I've um, you know t- 10 years ago had I I would never have thought of going on a packaged tour group anywhere uh, I would have just gone by myself because if you did the the uh, the numbers like these tours that I would go on it's going to cost uh, 6,000 RMB so just over $1,000 Canadian uh, for a week which is that means it's like you know 900 quiet a, a day and plus flights, plus visas and all that stuff, right, permits and stuff, I mean, it's it's going to hit uh, eight 9,000 RMB, almost $2,000 just to go for a week, whereas for $2,000 or 10,000 RMB, I can go very far on my own, and I used to do that quite a bit, but now, with these cycling trips and these treks, these are guided tours through, like, I wouldn't do these on my own, like, I wouldn't go trek through mountains on my own, I wouldn't go cycling across inner. Inner mongolia on my own i and the reason why is because i haven't done those things before now if i go do one or two of these trips i might understand sort of how these things work um what i should prepare and how should uh how i can deal with things on the road uh but uh, it's good to go with tour groups if uh you're inexperienced and you're not used to these sorts of situations uh but if you're if it's just backpacking like you don't have any final destination you don't have any timeline uh, and you just have a couple weeks off. I would say just go. I, I don't know. Are they? Are they the same traveling and tourism? I know there was a big kerfuffle years ago when uh, who was it? Paul Theroux, Uh I, I guess it's one of his earlier books. He he mentioned something. It was at the the Grand Bazaar, the rail uh, Orient Express or something like that. One uh, the Grand Railway Bazaar something something like that he mentions that uh, tourists only see what's in front of them, but travelers see the world it was some very simplified look at how you know you could have your tour group people and then you'd have you know your travelers like your backpackers almost uh, but the people who don't who are who are not being sold a package and that comment that he made was actually more uh, targeted at the uh, tourism groups that were packaging these offers these deals to see, like, you know, all these different sites in one day, and it'd be like a speedy affair, and you, you'd barely have time to sort of think about what you, where you were, let alone experience and enjoy where you are. Um, and so th- the intent was to sort of slow down, slow down the travel, uh, take in the moment a little bit more, see with your eyes, not just your credit card sort of thing, uh, and your, your camera, and be able to uh, really smell where you are and i think that was it mark twain who said um you, you don't know a place until you've smelled it uh, not, maybe it wasn't mark twain it was somebody else but it's another famous saying that uh, one of those things where have you do you really know a place unless you can describe its smell <laughs> good point uh and yes now ukraine has um well it was all over instagram and twitter where they were uh, boasting this airfield got bombed in Crimea. Now Crimea has been annexed by Russia for the last eight years since 2014 Uh, and so Ukrainians are celebrating that there was an explosion at this airfield. Now Russians have come out and said uh, it was just a fire you know we weren't we weren't bombed it's a fire. (laughs) The plume of smoke um, that's a pretty big fire that's that's very reminiscent of like the explosions that they're causing around the country uh so yeah basically they're not saying the truth now the problem so there's there's two things that uh this might is this is a feel-good moment for a lot of uh, ukrainian hyphenates around the world and ukrainians around the world uh you know striking back fighting back against you know the aggressor and it's it's true um because it does make a stand now the issue with this number one the Russians will hit other places harder, right? So they they have, and they've been doing it, now they just step up the attacks, you know, go times 10 instead of times three. The other problem is that if, with Crimea being a disputed territory, it's one thing for the Ukrainians to use the, the weapons that were given by either NATO, its allies, the US, or someone else, right? That's one thing, but if it's not disputed and it is Russian territory, and let's like let's get away from Crimea and go to another part of Russia, like if Ukrainians start lobbing bombs or missiles into Russian territory using that technology, well, you can guess how that's going to escalate. Russia would take it as an act of war, uh, that it is NATO encroaching upon its territory, which is what he was saying. Don't do for all these years, even though. That, I mean, I, I remember talking about that a couple of months ago, and that seems to even be a little bit more of a Russian propaganda and a Russian angle of things, a Russian political angle of things, rather than uh, some of the other reasons why uh, Russia decided to uh, hit Ukraine the way it has. Uh, so that being the case, if Ukraine goes ahead and keeps on bombing, and they bombing Crimea is one thing, but if all of a sudden they try to go bomb another island over another uh, uh state or province over uh they might find themselves uh they might unwittingly draw the european union and the u.s into another global conflict i mean that i'd laugh but you, you oops <laughs> i said pressed seven not six and now the coordinates are coordinates are wrong and there goes the missile oh can we unsend 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 how do you unsend the missile Uh, Very difficult to do. It's not like email. Um, Remember the days when email couldn't be unsent? Uh, So yeah, that's how uh, things can sort of escalate. And why um, one of the reasons why you might not see Ukraine hitting any further afield uh, into Russian territory is because if they are using um, allied, like NATO-supplied technology, then going any farther than Crimea, because Crimea is disputed, um, It's, it's disputed by the rest of the world. It's not, dis, it's not disputed by anybody. I mean, could, Russia disputes it, but Ukraine's like, it's our land. What are you doing there? Um, Russia's like, it's our land. What are you doing there? Uh, everybody else is kind of like, what are you guys arguing about? Uh, so that's disputed. Um, but Russian territory as it is, not disputed. Donbass, which is in Ukraine, disputed, belongs to Ukraine, taken over by Russia. So those would be one area that they get hit but they can't go any further. So this is a, does it, is it a feel good moment? Or is it like, um, let's hope it doesn't go get any worse than this because yeah, it, it, one stray missile would be misinterpreted uh, or be reinterpreted and uh, it would not be very good. All right, folks, I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, com. Hope you guys are doing well, staying cool here in the Beijing, and uh, being able to enjoy some of the sunny days uh, that we have coming up for the rest of the week. Uh, and let's hope this uh, sub-variant doesn't uh, drag on too long, because, um, yeah, it'd be nice to get out of the city at least once when the weather's still nice, right? Well, I, I, I still don't know where I'd go. I mean, I guess the next trip I'd take is in September, maybe October, but uh we'll see. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for watching, and we will talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.